Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, talking about Tim Connolly's comments he made to John Krasinski about Jade McDaniels and a pending Jade McDaniels extension. Will it get done? And uh, reading between the lines on what Connolly said about those negotiations and McDaniels' future. Also, um, B-ball index numbers about just how incredible he is just kind of cropped back up again in social media. I want to get back into that, which we've covered previously, but let's talk more about it. Also, Shake Milton, Tim Connolly named him the backup point guard in his comments to John Krasinski. We'll also go through a few big upcoming Timberwolves dates. It's all upcoming to the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA or enter promo code NBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. Hopefully you've had a fantastic week. And this is the last week before training camp starts next Wednesday. September 27th is when training camp kicks off. Get excited. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. First of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, uh, Tim Connolly, Timberwolves president of basketball operations, appeared on the John Krasinski show, uh, the Talk North podcast network, and... Um, it, it's a good listen. Portions of it are transcribed somewhere on The Athletic as well. I believe John Krasinski put that out there. And it's a wide-ranging interview, of course, on a variety of topics, as you might expect, leading into training camp. And one of the, the primary questions that's on Timberwolves fans' minds is when will Jaden McDaniels get his contract extension? It, it's inevitable, right? Like, we've kind of chalked it up for a long time now. I've been saying all offseason, like, yeah, just assuming it's happening, right? Like, it, it's going to happen. It's, of course, a bit unique Considering, um, you know, Ant's already been extended. We already know Carl Town says the super max. Rudy's already on a max contract. Nas just got his extension, uh, albeit only for two years and an option. Jade McDaniels is going to get north of $20 million easily, probably 25 ish million per year, if not more. The Timberwolves are in a tough cap situation, but they have to do it, and they're going to get it done, right? This is year four of his NBA career, and it's it's unique in that, he doesn't have like the casual fan, like you find a random fan in a random state across the country. Do they know who Jade McDaniels is? I think maybe now, um, but they probably couldn't tell you much about him other than he's a good defender, right? He's got that reputation now, but he didn't even make an all defensive team this year. The offensive numbers are not eye popping. There's nothing sexy about what he's done offensively, except for last year when his three point percentage jumped to nearly 40%. But still, the volume isn't there, right? He was effectively the fifth option in the Timberwolves offense for most of last season when he was on the floor. And, you know, maybe he bumps up a notch with the exit of D'Angelo Russell and insert Mike Conley. And in theory, McDaniel should have the ball in his hands a little bit more, a few more opportunities. But even with Carl Anthony Towns out of the lineup for 
52 consecutive and 53 total games, it's not like Jaden McDaniel suddenly got a bunch more in terms of opportunities. So he's still a relative, a relative unknown on the national stage and was clearly disrespected in the all defensive team voting, not making a team at all. Although I think he led in votes among players who didn't make the team. Um, and at the time, you know, I, I explained it away a little bit in terms of there's four guys, you know, he was a forward, right? Like the, it's however it breaks out guards, forwards, bigs, or something like that, uh, or wings, maybe it's guards, wings, and bigs. However, it's formatted. There were three or four legitimate names ahead of McDaniels. And you could understand why, especially because kind of like in baseball, right? The gold glove winners, at least until recently, a lot of times it was in part because they were good offensively and so people knew who they were, even the voters, as sad as that is. There's a little bit of that in the NBA defensive team, maybe not quite as bad, uh, you know, given some of the names that make it that also aren't incredible offensively. But I just think McDaniels just doesn't have that reputation. And oftentimes those awards lag a year behind where they really should be. So I would imagine, given relative health and, and relative incremental improvement. Jade McDaniels, you know, uh, whatever award season is nine months from now or eight months from now or whatever will be named to one of the all defensive teams. I think that's probably likely. Um, but this, ex this extension negotiation is happening prior to that. So that's a little bit of the leverage the wolves have fair, or unfair. Um, and whereas McDaniels could say, well, Hey, look, I was robbed. He could also just pull up that B ball index graphic that's floating around, um, that was posted the other night. Actually, I think it was posted Wednesday night. Um, and this is something I actually talked about the stat much earlier in the offseason. It might have even been in the Jaden McDaniels player review of the season. The uh, the, in, the B ball index graphic is actually the tweet is about Dylan Brooks talking about how he's one of the elite perimeter defenders in the league last year. Of course, Dylan Brooks made a bit more of a name for himself in a positive way compared to how he typically did it over the last couple of years, but it, for Team Canada in, in the FIBA World Cup. So, you know, people are talking Dylan Brooks. So the tweet is about how his his most valuable skill is being an elite perimeter defender. But if you look at their headshot plot that they put out on Twitter, and I believe this was shared actually by John Krasinski, uh, Jane McDaniels is far and away in the top corner, the, the X and Y axis axes, uh, respectively are, are the ball screen navigation and perimeter isolation defense, which of course are two different metrics, but this is essentially attempting to show the best and worst overall defenders in the league. When you look at those two areas and yeah, <laughs> Jade McDaniels is the best in the league at both of those, uh, in both of those categories and the ball screen navigation thing is something we've talked about for a long time here on the show. I mean, they were those, those stats mid season last year is pretty obvious. He was the best in the league at navigating ball screens. So put him on a ball handler and perimeter, perimeter isolation defense. He's the best in the league. He's like a 2.5 something uh, uh, per 100 possessions, a plus a ball screen navigation. He's over two as well. You know, if he's guarding somebody off the ball and or no matter what the situation is, if Jaden McDaniels is on the perimeter, he's locking you down. He's the best in the league at it, according to both of these B-ball index stats, which is incredible. There are not very many players. I mean, nobody else was above a two and a half for either one. And McDaniels was above a two and a half for perimeter isolation defense and just shy of that for ball screen navigation. The next grouping of players is down much closer to the two number. Right. And, and yeah, Dylan Brooks is there and there's, you know, some uh, some guys you might expect and others that you may not up that high. But the Jaden McDaniels uh, positioning on this chart is unreal. And again, it's not a surprise. It's just when you see it graphically like this and something like this takes off across the uh, the old Twitter sphere, or the X sphere, whatever you want to call it now. 
it just gets it gets a bit more traction. And this is the sort of thing that this helps Jaden McDaniels, right? Um, as silly as it sounds, some of this uh, you know public discussion may play into the negotiations a little bit, right? Um, now these stats were true three four months ago, just as they are now. Um, but Jade McDaniels is is so unbelievable defensively to rank where he does in both those categories is just incredible. Real quickly, the quote from um, from Tim Connolly, uh, uh, as transcribed by John Krasinski, is this is regarding contract negotiations with Jaden McDaniels. Connolly says, we'd love to get something done. We want Jaden to be here as long as possible. Oftentimes those back and forths pick up more as the season gets closer, but fingers crossed. In my experience in Denver and here, we like to reward people who earned it. Jaden is a huge part of what we're doing now. He's going to get better and better and better. Great kid. And we think his best basketball is in front of him. As I told Jaden in his representation, the cool thing about extension talks is they should be overwhelmingly positive. The fact that you want an extension speaks to the team's excitement about his upside. Very few guys are fortunate to get extensions. So again, we're hopeful we can meet that point where we're both happy with something moving forward. I think he's going to have a good year. We hope he's here for a long, long time. My commentary on that, it's it's GM speak, right? It's front office speak. It's Pobo speak, if you will. I mean, yeah, all that's true, right? Obviously, his best basketball is ahead of him. He's like 22, um, obviously he can't say too much. He can't glow quite too much about him because they're in the midst of a negotiation, but he's obviously talking about how the team is committed to him and they want him on board. So clearly it's just like any other negotiation late, late summer, early fall, like this thing will get done. It may be done in a week. It may be done in three weeks, um, but it will get done. Jade McDaniels will be in a Timberwolves uniform for a long time to come. Uh, there's no reason why that shouldn't be the case. And, Things like this uh, this b-ball index chart floating around the interwebs are only going to help the case for Jaden McDaniels. I mean, fast forward several months, he will be an all-NBA defensive team, first or second team. Um, and frankly, I'd be surprised if he didn't make it all the way to first team if he plays anything like how he did last year. All right. Uh, next here on the show, I want to talk about Shake Milton. There are also some Tim Connolly comments about Shake further defining what his role is with the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. So we'll get to that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends, our title sponsors over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, hands down, they just make you look good. They are shorts. They're really, they're stretch khaki shorts. They're made with a, a, a cloud knit fabric where they look like just your typical kind of golf shorts or khaki shorts, um, but they fit, they actually kind of feel like you're wearing basketball shorts. That's the best way to describe it. Like you're wearing athletic shorts. They look great. They feel even better. It's the perfect combination. They're designed to fit slimmer through your thigh and your leg. They give you a truly sculpted look. The shorts right now, of course, still late fall uh, or late summer, early fall are still in. I'm still wearing shorts where I live. And, um, you know, I also have a pair of joggers I'm excited to break out. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. It keeps you cool and dry all day long. And uh, again, they're absolutely comfortable. Plus, right now, if you order them with our promo code, the Lockdown NBA promo code, you'll get a free gift water bottle. Um, I've gotten two gifts from uh, from Bird Dogs. One is a Yeti-style tumbler. The other is a, a tech hat. They're both fantastic, super high quality. So you know that this water bottle will be a fantastic gift. If you want to have shorts that fit you great, make you look awesome. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA or enter the promo code LockdownNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you that. 
A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every dayers. Uh, we're back on Monday. We're back to five days a week. Training camp starts next Wednesday. We'll talk a bit more about that soon. We're going to get into the player preview series early next week as we draw ever closer to actual Timberwolves news, guys in the facility, guys on the court, official practices, and then games overseas here starting in just a couple of weeks. So plenty to talk about as we get into everything next week. Right now, let's talk about Shake Milton. And we've talked a bit on the show about What's the backup point guard situation? I thought the Wolves would bring in like a Javon Carter or somebody that is a a legit backup point guard. Or like, for instance, Cameron Payne's out on the market now. Like a, a campaign would be um, fit the vein of like a top flight backup point guard. Somebody who um, could come in, run the offense, play solid defense, guard the ball, distribute, can be a lower usage type guy, but also hit a shot if needed. Like that was kind of almost like a, a um, I mean, a bench version of Mike Conley, right? Like that's kind of, the mold that I was expecting the Wolves to go for. They did not. Instead, they almost doubled down on these kind of bigger playmakers by bringing in, uh, well, by keeping Nikhil Alexander-Walker, by uh, Troy Brown Jr., I don't know that I call a playmaker, but that type of a player. And then Shake Milton, who is really more of a comp- a big combo guard. I mean, he's 6'5", right? And when he was signed, I, I at the time I was surprised because, you know, like he's a, he's a good player. He's a good shooter. But I, I thought the Wolves would let Jordan McLaughlin go and find like a, a backup point guard to take his place. Instead, they kept Jordan McLaughlin uh, ostensibly as a as a third point guard, decided to bring in Shake Milton. And, and I just have kind of been saying on the show, I think it's kind of a backup point guard by committee. You know, you bring in, what did I say the other day? You have Alexander Walker and Shake Milton. I think I said this on like Wednesday's show, maybe Monday's show, that Alexander Walker and, um, and Shake Milton are basically splitting backup point guard duties for you know, six to nine minutes a game, six to 10 minutes a game. And Ant checks back in, like say it's the back half of the first quarter and the back half of the third quarter, start of the second, start of the fourth. Ant's back in the game. He's running your offense, even if Conley's still on the bench. Then Conley comes back in and Ant ends up playing just as many minutes as the quote unquote backup point guard as these other guys. Well, Tim Connolly in this interview with John Krasinski literally said the words, uh, I'm going to read the exact quote here. He said, we view Shake as a point guard. Said that sentence. And then he says, he started enough NBA games at that position where we feel confident that he can handle that load, which I thought was an interesting comment. Um, I mean, he has, like he started some games at point guard. The majority of his minutes at the NBA level have technically come at the two. I guess it depends on how you view his minutes with James Harden last year, right? Like a, like some sites will say he played the two and Harden was the point guard. Other sites would flip it. Um, so, you know, in this age of mostly positionless basketball, that's a fair comment to make. He certainly, quote unquote, played point guard if you see Harden as as the two. Um, but he didn't play a ton of point guard minutes without James Harden on the floor last year. Um, and you can go back a couple of seasons to look at that. So like together, Shake Milton and James Harden were really, really good. Like they had a plus eight in uh, a 92nd percentile uh uh, unit, I guess, with when they were on the floor together, plus eight overall, uh, 665 possessions when they were together on the floor. This is according to Cleaning the Glass. If you look at possessions in which Shake Milton was on the court without James Harden, then things shift quite a bit. And now, for the most part, those are possessions when Shake Milton is running the point guard spot. Um, and when that was the case, they were okay. Um, there were some minutes where he was at the two next to DeAnthony Melton. He had minutes at the two next to Tyrese Maxey. Those minutes were even better. But if you take where at least where cleaning the glass would define Shake Milton as at the point guard spot, 
Um, Sixers only had, they really didn't have success overall. They were minus 5.3 and a little over 500 possessions with Shake Milton listed as the point guard. Now, again, this is a little bit noisy, right? Like when he was on the floor with with uh, Furkan Korkmaz and like, for instance, the, the lineup they played the most with Shake Milton at point guard, according to Cleaning the Glass, was Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, Daniel House, uh, George Niang, and uh, Paul Reed. That's more of a defensive-minded, a big, long lineup, right? And they were actually a plus five in 64 possessions. A lot of these other lineups that were used much less frequently ended up with negative plus minuses or negative net ratings, I should say. Um, Like some of these, he had a couple lineups with Matisse Thibel at the two. Those are going to be more defensive, PJ Tucker, more defensive-minded lineups. And of course, the one that he used the most with Joel Embiid was a plus 32 over a few dozen possessions. So um, like with anything else, there's a the context matters so much, right? So when Shake was the point guard and he was on the floor with Joel Embiid or he was on the floor with James Harden, those lineups were good. Um, and, and and Connolly went on to talk about how Shake is just essentially a big playmaker, right? Like he, even if you see him as a two guard, he's six five and he's a good passer. Um, he's also a good three point shooter. He's a good catch and shoot three point shooter. Um, you know, he was thirty almost thirty eight percent last year. A couple years ago, he's only thirty two percent, but he's thirty eight percent last year. Thirty six and a half percent for his career from from three and catch and shoot is right around 40%. We talked about that the other day on the show, basically shake Milton and Troy Brown jr. Trying to backfill the, the production loss with Torian Prince in free agency uh, with their three point shooting. And they are, you know, above league average, right? They're nearly in the same, they are in the same realm. They're nearly to the same level as Torian Prince. So um, I, I think in general, I, you know, Tim Connolly's Right. Like Shake Milton is the backup point guard. That's how they see him. That's how he will function this year. Uh, but I still think, I still think we're going to see Nikhil Alexander Walker running some offense. And when, you know, and I, I think the six to 10 minutes a game is probably about right. Mostly end of first quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, maybe, um, or sorry, end of first quarter, end of third quarter, maybe a little start of second quarter, start of fourth quarter. However, the substitution patterns end up happening, add in foul trouble, et cetera. We're going to see Shake and Alexander Walker kind of splitting these backup point minutes. And then when Ant comes on the floor, the show runs through him. The show runs through him. And also, by the way, I, like I'm curious to see that diving a bit further into the Shake, Joel, and Bead minutes is interesting because we're going to see Shake built in the Carl Anthony Towns, I think, share the court quite a bit. Because when Ant's off the floor, for the most part, Carl Anthony Towns will be on the floor and the offense will flow through Cat. Yes, he's not probably going to bring the ball up the court a ton. So Shake will be the one bringing the ball up the court, but then they're going to get the ball to Cat in a five-out situation, you know, facing up to the basket, or they're going to put him in the high or the mid post and say, hey, Cat, go to work. And then Shake, even though he's quote-unquote playing point guard, he's going to wait for the kick out on a catch and shoot, or he's going to be a cutter coming from, the, you know, uh, cutting down the baseline from the corner, looking for a dump-off pass and a, and a dunk or a layup from Carl Anthony Towns in the high post. Um, there's a lot to like here about the Shake Towns combination and also Shake playing with Nikhil Alexander Walker, Shake playing with Anthony Edwards. Uh, but I thought it was really uh, interesting for Connolly to say that. He also says, uh, quote, I think it gives us a different look with size at that position, meaning the, the point guard spot. Uh, Milton's ability to score around the paint, his ability to be a good match for our bigs. By the way, he's really good. Milton's good off the dribble. He killed the Wolves off the dribble last year in that in that one Sixers game. He had, I think, 20 plus. And a lot of it was just straight line drops, like beating his man against the Wolves to the basket. And uh, then Conley goes on to talk about some of the passes he can make at 6-5. He can make that other guards might not be able to make. So um, I think, I, you know, I'm not saying this this isn't a shot at Jordan McLaughlin, but clearly Shake Milton's a half foot taller than Jordan McLaughlin. So the ability for him to to make some of those passes that are 
more challenging for JMAC uh, will be a, a plus for Minnesota as well. All right. Uh, we'll close the show here today by talking about the upcoming dates and what to look out for as things are happening, like for real, um, here as we get into next week. So we'll cover all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at DoorDash. If you're missing the syrup for your pancakes, because I mean, like, hey, we've all been there. We've all made dinner and then realized we're forgetting a condiment or an ingredient. Maybe you ran out of your favorite coffee creamer or just straight up coffee. That happened to me the other day. Uh, with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites now for years. You can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. You want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order. 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKDOWNNBA at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to 20 bucks. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, it all kicks off next week. Training camp starts Wednesday. That's five days from now. Next Wednesday, the 27th, the Wolves and the Mavericks kick off a little bit earlier because they'll both be playing in Abu Dhabi as part of the NBA's, um, uh, what's the name of the, I forget the name of the actual campaign, but essentially the international basketball campaign. The Wolves and Mavs actually play, uh, let's see, today is the 22nd. So I think this is two weeks from yesterday if I'm doing my math correctly, the Timberwolves and Mavericks will be playing actual preseason basketball at 11 a.m. Central time in Abu Dhabi. And of course, it'll be televised in NBA TV. So get excited for, uh, I guess, to be distracted at work or maybe just take an early slash longer lunch for the 11 a.m. Central tip, October 5th, again, a Thursday, two weeks from yesterday against the Mavs in Abu Dhabi. Then they play again, 11 a.m. Central on Saturday, the 7th. So some morning basketball you can go uh, watch instead of your morning college football or go side by side, picture, picture, whatever, multiple TVs, whatever setup you got. You can go Wolves, Mavs that Saturday morning, October 7th as well. And then the Wolves come back stateside. They won't have another preseason game for another week against the Knicks. There's actually only one preseason game they have that's at home, and that's against... um, I need to look up how to pronounce this, but I believe it's an Israeli team uh, that will come to Target Center on October 17th. And then they close on the road the preseason at the Bulls. So their first three preseason games, both Mavs games and then uh, the following Saturday evening against the Knicks, those will all be televised on NBA TV. And the following, the final two will be on Valley Sports North. The regular season opener for the Wolves, we talked about this when the schedule came out a few weeks ago. It's on the road in Toronto on Wednesday, October 25th. Um, so, uh, Geez, I don't know, a month from now, basically. Like it's it's uh we're getting there. Um and then the Wolves the Wolves have that start on a Wednesday and they don't play again until that Friday night. The home opener is Friday night against Miami. Feels like uh, the Wolves have played the Heat and Jimmy Butler early in the season quite a bit in the last few years, although I don't think Butler's really played in very many of those games, um, if I remember correctly, due to various injuries and ailments. Uh but a fun, that's a fun home opener. Miami's obviously legit, even with or without Jimmy Butler. And uh, Toronto on the road is a winnable opener um, at Toronto. I wouldn't be shocked that the Wolves were favored in that game at Toronto on Wednesday, October 25th. It's a 6.30 p.m. tip on Valley Sports North. We talked a little bit, I think, when the schedule came out 
The Wolves have a really limited national TV schedule. I think they have like one national TV game until January, if I remember correctly, and only like five or six all season that aren't NBA TV, which is nuts. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's that's a thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If if the NBA wants Anthony Edwards to be in people's living rooms and and um, you know promote young exciting stars like the face now of Team USA apparently or at least this last round of Team USA, um, it seems odd to me that you wouldn't want him to be on TV more. But hey, it, it is what it is. So anyway, uh, Wednesday training camp starts. We'll talk next week. We're going to do a lot of uh, player preview stuff. We'll get really into that. Um, and perhaps a couple more, you know, as far as the Wolves have announced, they still have two spots left on their training camp roster. So it'll be interesting to see. Perhaps they're more G League type guys, little fanfare, you know, kind of announced with the roster mid next week. Or maybe there will be, you know, they've still got the one guaranteed spot. Who knows? Maybe it's a campaign, a Lamar Stevens, a, a Kennedy Chandler. I don't know. Could be somebody else that's got some NBA experience that that finds their way in camp with the Wolves. Remember, there were some late ads last year that also had NBA experience. So. We'll see how that all shakes out. If anything happens over the weekend, of course, we'll cover it on Monday's show. We are daily next week, Monday through Friday, and uh, really now until free agency next July. So make sure you're following, subscribed, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Tune back in on Monday as we get you ready for training camp that starts next Wednesday, the 27th. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter, Lockdown T Wolves, and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.